Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. It's Inauguration Day here in the United States, a historically sacred moment of transition. And I have to tell you, today's ceremony feels the most consequential I can ever remember. With the incoming Biden administration comes the hope of a new approach to fighting the coronavirus pandemic that has ravaged this country. 400,000 deaths because of COVID-19. The list of U.S. states seeing what's possibly a faster spreading COVID-19 variant is growing. And we still yet haven't seen um, the ramifications of what happened from the holiday travel, from holiday gathering. So far, President Joe Biden has made some sweeping proposals about how he'll handle the pandemic. And he's made it clear that getting COVID-19 under control is his number one priority. He has assembled an impressive team and proposed a $1.9 trillion American rescue plan. That's to help slow the spread of the coronavirus and simultaneously stimulate the economy. Today, I'm going to talk to some of our top experts about how they would advise the new president and his administration in a couple of key categories, such as vaccine distribution and testing. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. Two of Biden's biggest initiatives are set to be completed within his first 100 days in office. That would put us at the end of April. By then, he has pledged to administer 100 million vaccine doses and hopes to reopen a majority of K-8 schools for in-person learning nationwide. It's that latter goal that's been on Joseph Allen's mind. This is nothing short of a national emergency. Allen is an associate professor at Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health. He's also the chair of the Lancet's COVID-19 Commission Task Force on Safe Work safe schools, and safe travel. He's been a guest on this podcast before. This summer, he helped put together a study of risk reduction strategies to help schools reopen safely. Allen says there are two crucial steps to the process. First, you must have universal masking in schools, and we are well beyond the point where any mask will do. Three-layer surgical mask. For teachers and adults who are higher risk, surgical masks with a cloth mask on top of it can get you over 91% removal efficiency for particles. Second, Allen says schools must address ventilation and airflow problems. Respiratory aerosols that people breathe can build up indoors, and they will accumulate unless they're removed through ventilation or cleaned out of the air through filtration. And again, this does not have to be expensive or complicated. Opening up the windows, even in cold weather areas. An inch or two inches can help improve the air exchange rate. Here's how he suggests it be done. Well, this is where the plug-and-play portable air cleaner with a HEPA filter costs a couple hundred dollars. These are the types of resources the federal government can provide that provide an instant stopgap measure to help address airborne particles in classrooms 
that could be delivered in weeks. And it's simple technology. You plug it in and you turn it on high, put it in the middle of the room, you're done. So that is reasonable, it's attainable, and importantly, it can be done fast. Alan says this is not as hard or as expensive as it may seem. He estimates the cost at about a couple billion dollars. Compared to completely reinstalling or retrofitting the ventilation systems in school buildings nationwide, that isn't much. In fact, Alan is so confident in these relatively simple strategies that he says 100 days is too long to wait. He thinks that these measures are employed immediately, schools could open even sooner. Biden's other major goal for his first 100 days in office may seem to some more daunting. 100 million shots by the end of our first 100 days in office. Some wonder if we're reaching too far for that goal. Let me be clear. I'm convinced we can get it done. Now, given the current pace of vaccine distribution, administering 100 million doses by the end of April seems to be a huge step up. Dr. Richard Besser is a physician and president of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. He used to serve as acting director of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. I think that that when it comes down to it, um, states uh, are still going to need to be the central leaders around vaccine administration. To make this successful, Besser says states are going to need much stronger federal guidance and more federal resources. He's also concerned that those who need to be prioritized for vaccination, like home health workers and people in the food supply chain, may not be getting the support they need. Many of of these individuals are some of the hardest to reach. Uh, they may need to work um, from nine to five when a lot of clinics are, are are open. They may lack the time off to be able to go and get get vaccinated. So, trying to figure out how do you create systems that ensure that meet the needs of people, uh, not meet the needs of those who are administering the vaccines, but meet the needs of people. This could worsen health disparities in minority and low-income communities. Besser suggests calling on Congress to allow extra sick time and family leave so people can take time off to get their vaccine, and also opening vaccine centers that operate 24-7. He says knowing who is getting vaccinated and where is going to be the crucial point. He says it's an issue not just of health justice, but of racial equity. One of the pieces, though, that, that I haven't heard enough discussion of, and, and it's critically important, um, is collection of data of, that can be broken down by neighborhood, by zip code, by race, by ethnicity, by gender. And states don't have the data systems. They don't have the data to be able to look at, at their programs at, with this kind of level of detail. Things are dire now. But based on what he's hearing from colleagues and those in the new administration, Besser is staying positive. Some of the ideas that I'm hearing coming from the incoming administration around mass vaccination sites, uh, mobile vaccination clinics, uh, resources that states don't currently have, um, gives, gives me some hope. It's not just vaccine distribution, Biden says he'll increase. Widespread testing and masking are also high priorities for his administration. I'm going to ask the public for 100 days to mask. Just 100 days to mask. Not forever, 100 days. Biden has also said he'll sign an executive order requiring masks on federal property and during interstate travel. 
Lindsay Marr, a professor at Virginia Tech who studies viruses in the air, says this is the cheapest, easiest way to slow transmission. Um, I think to uh, increase the amount of mask wearing, we do need some stronger federal leadership on this, including perhaps a mask mandate um, that people wear masks indoors all, whenever they're with people outside their own household. Marr says the mixed messaging on masks at the beginning of the pandemic contributed to lasting confusion. But they do work, and everyone who can should be wearing one. And since the newly discovered variants of COVID-19 seem to be even more transmissible, she wants everyone to be wearing the right kind. So here's what she recommends. Of course, N95s are the gold standard, but we know that we can achieve similar performance to an N95 with certain types of combinations of materials in cloth masks. Surgical masks actually do filter out uh, viruses and other types of particles quite well, um, but they don't necessarily fit well. You might have gaps around the edges. So one thing you can do with a surgical mask is to wear a tight-fitting cloth mask on top of it to help improve the fit. Giving stronger support for mask wearing and clearer guidance on mask quality are two things Marr would recommend the Biden administration prioritize. She'd also suggest widespread use of carbon dioxide sensors. These measure the carbon dioxide from our exhaled breath in an enclosed area and can indicate when ventilation is poor. One thing that would convince me to go back to indoor dining is if I saw a carbon dioxide uh, readout in in that restaurant um, showing me, okay, the level in here is uh, below 800 parts per million. So outdoors is 400 parts per million. We know from past studies and guidelines that if you keep that level below 800 parts per million, you dramatically reduce the risk of transmission of diseases that go through the air. You can get a good quality sensor for $100 to $200. So it's not cheap, but you don't need one for every room because you can take it around with you, um, kind of look in real time. Okay, this gives us an indication of the ventilation. If the number is too high, again, let's open some windows and doors. Dr. Michael Minna, an epidemiologist, immunologist, and physician at Harvard, isn't confident that mask wearing is going to change much with the Biden presidency. He thinks if you're not wearing a mask or avoiding public spaces now, you're unlikely to start. In yesterday's episode, I talked to Dr. Minna in depth about one strategy he thinks could play a key role in Biden's pandemic plan. That's widespread and frequent rapid testing. I think that there was uh, there have been very good people in the in the um, Trump administration who have uh, attempted to get testing to the masses, uh, but they were up against major forces uh, that didn't want to see positive test results. Biden's $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan proposal would allocate $50 billion to purchase more rapid tests and also extend lab capacity. Minna's suggestions fit well within that budget. If a uh, president-elect Biden came to me tomorrow and said, Michael, you know, what should we what should I do from a testing perspective? I would say ask Congress to appropriate $5 billion, which is a drop in the bucket for this virus at this point, uh, to scale up and deploy rapid antigen testing so that every American can use a test twice a week. Remember, antigen tests are sort of similar to pregnancy tests. They involve putting a sample on a swab and then having that sample analyzed. There's currently only one type of antigen test you can get results from at home that's been authorized by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. 
He also suggested that reporting your results should be voluntary so that anyone who doesn't want others to know that they're infected or quarantining will still go ahead and get tested. Maybe it would even mean those who purport not to believe in COVID-19 or who aren't political supporters of Biden would still be willing to get tested. You pick up your iPhone if you want and do a one-click reporting if you want. And if not, you keep it to yourself and you yourself know that you're infectious today. And so you won't go visit your grandma in the nursing home. Maybe you won't go to church. Maybe you won't eat lunch with your buddies. But it's on your terms. Minna emphasized how important these micro-actions are going to be in slowing this pandemic. Even if someone ignores their positive test and continues to go about their life, the knowledge that they're positive may subconsciously make them more cautious. And that's why I think this test is the most equitable way to approach fighting this pandemic today. It is a test that can truly be scaled to every household, rich or poor. Uh, People can use it on their own terms, regardless of any politics, regardless of how they feel about this virus. So it sounds like these experts and newly inaugurated President Biden are largely on the same page. But remember that things aren't going to get better right away. The incoming director of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, told CBS's Face the Nation that she expects half a million coronavirus deaths by mid-February. Experts and many Americans may see the new administration as a beacon of hope or light at the end of the tunnel. But there is enormous work still to be done, not just by the president, but by every single one of us. So be sure to take these scientists' advice to heart in your own life wherever possible. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.